Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Jose Negron, on voiceamerica.com, on the Variety Channel, hosting the lead technology show, T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast Time. First of all, I'd like for everybody who wants to listen to T3, we're on on Mondays and Tuesdays. See your local listing for more information. And we're also on in the evening, but go to voiceamerica.com, the variety channel. As always, I just like to reach out and thank our audience, both uh, U.S. and international audience. Uh, I'm just amazed and appreciate uh, the response we have received for our show. I think the reason why we have such great interest uh, from our audience is the purpose of T3. Uh, We try to integrate the scientists, the engineers, the innovators, uh, so that uh, they become the techies of our program. And we reach out to the non-techie folks, uh, folks that are interested in science but really don't know uh, a lot about it. So let's, uh, let's, I'd like to thank and reach out and give you kudos on that. Uh, as always, uh, I, I want to thank my listening audience for the questions that you asked our guests, and because what we try to do on each show is bring experts to address the topics, but have a conversation. That's really, I mean, we do talk about the technology. We do drill down into the technology, but it's the conversation that we have for the show. Uh, T3, our subject today is technology needed now and after a hurricane activities. And what, the reason I brought this up, is, uh, I've been fortunate enough uh, that after uh, the last two years at Today, Tomorrow's Technologies, the show has discussed the impacts of her, hurricane, especially uh, uh, Irma and Maria in 2017 that hit Puerto Rico and the Caribbean island, islands. And today my guest is Dr. Edgar Jerry Rentis, and he will provide us an, a quick update on the reconstruction in Puerto Rico and other key valuable technology discussions that we'll have. And especially this becomes appropriate since the Caribbean islands are approximately five months away from the next hurricane season, uh, which begins the 1st of June and ends the 30th of November. This is critical because it's been two years since we've had uh, Hurricane Irma and Maria. And I just want to start off with a little bit of background on hurricanes so that we can understand uh, the type of damage that uh, the Caribbean islands and Puerto Rico have had. Uh, then I'll let, let Jerry address uh, what is the current status in Puerto Rico two years after. That'll happen in our first block. In our second block, we'll talk about you know, what can we expect and how do we get better uh, as far as preparing for, we're, we're going to talk about hurricanes, but this can apply to any natural disaster. Uh, as we find it out over the last two weeks, uh, we've had uh, hurricanes, not hurricanes, but tornadoes in, in Louisiana. Uh, we've had flooding in the Midwest. So all natural disasters, we've had the uh, fire evacuations in California. So just be prepared. We'll talk about uh, some of the items that you should need uh, to prepare for these natural disasters. 
pastors. And then in the third segment, we'll talk a little bit about um, just technology in general, things that we ought to know. And I'll continue talking a little bit about um, the hurricanes. So first of all, let me just give you a quick description uh, what what is happening and especially the type of hurricanes that we've had because I, I found it quite interesting because uh, uh, just some points to consider. Hurricane Katrina that hit August 2005, winds and flooding caused the largest emergency in history, and especially recorded by the uh, Corps of Engineers. And major utilities in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama damaging 3,000 miles of transmission lines and flooding 263 uh, subdivisions. So that was a major hurricane. We kind of, uh, uh, you know, that was a Category 5 uh, hurricane that approached. Uh, New Orleans, and we still talk about that. Then in October 2012, we had Superstorm Sandy. That's the largest Atlantic hurricane on record, and it knocked out about 8.6 million customers across the eastern seaboard. 99% regained power within two weeks. Okay, and then I call Hurricane Irma, September 2017, one of the strongest Atlantic hurricanes. Ever uh, ever blacks out over 6 million uh, customers throughout Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. 95% uh, got back on electricity within two weeks. The, the storm also swept through Puerto Rico. And what we don't know is that uh, it did damage the initial infrastructure in Puerto Rico. Then in 2017, September 2017, about approximately, you know, about 2 weeks later, uh, approaching category 5 and then it was downgraded a little bit, uh, but category 4 storm collapsed the grid of all the Puerto Rico's uh, infrastructure about 1.5 million electrical customers. It took over 50 weeks for the power company to regain the ability and to estimate uh, what was the damage. So I just want to put everything in perspective. Usually when we have a catastrophe, I'm expecting electricity within two weeks. And generally, uh, Hurricane Katrina, that was a fact. Sandy was a fact. But Irma was a fact because it damaged some. Puerto Ricans never recovered after Irma because that was the first blow. And so that was something that we just had to deal with. So I'm here with uh, Dr. Jerry Rentis. He will give us an update. <clears throat> Jerry, of course, is the uh, vice president of Avanti Technologies in Puerto Rico. He is an expert in uh, dealing with uh, reconstruction and recovery uh, after the hurricanes and, and use of assessment and technology tools. So, Jerry, let's talk a little bit about Hurricane Maria and where are we now, you know, two years later, uh, you know, in a couple months, I guess, if you want to call it that. But we're approaching hurricane season in five months. So give me a quick background. Where are we two years later once we've started? Uh, yes, uh, Jose, <coughs> greetings to all your audience and uh, happy holidays to them. Uh, I would say that uh, uh, the process uh, has been very hard uh, for the Puerto Rican uh, uh, residents. And uh, we are about, uh, as today, about 90,000 uh, facilities uh, 
uh, were damaged and uh, still in, in, in that process of, of uh, submitting all the, the claims to, uh, to uh, FEMA. And uh, only uh, 150 has been uh, uh, agreed on the, on the fixed estimates for uh, repairing them or, or reconstructing them. Uh, it has been a, a very slow process, and uh, and and we are talking about uh, the uh, public assistance program uh, section 428 uh, of of FEMA that uh, is uh, the program or the regulation that uh, uh, Puerto Rico is under. Uh, for for uh, working on the on the recuperation of all of this uh, damage, uh, in October 11, 2019, we were supposed to submit all of this uh, fixed cost estimate for the for the repairing of the facility, but uh, because of all the bureaucracy and all the uh, changes in policies and process, uh, we were not able to. And uh, FEMA decided to uh, change the due date for October 11, 2020. But even that, I don't think that uh, we will be able uh, to uh, complete with that requirement because uh, I haven't seen uh, so, ma so, so many changes for, for achieving this uh, uh, new goal. So, Jerry, let me quickly summarize just for our audience. Uh, uh, first of all, <clears throat> you've been working in uh, Puerto Rico reconstruction or repair for over two years. Hurricane Maria uh, from uh, Carlos uh, Torres, who's one of the emergency uh, management, uh, great emergency management uh, expert. He, he, he says that Hurricane uh, Maria uh, was unlike any other um hurricane that he's witnessed or been blown. Without question, the power restoration is a big mission that he had, and it, it, not, it did not just knock out the power. It, it knocked out the entire grid. That was one of the issues they had in, in Puerto Rico. The uh, electrical grid, the communication grid, and all the other grids, transportation grids, because the roads were flooded or land landslides, so forth and so on. So that's kind of the picture I wanted to make sure. And as I started the program, usually during catastrophes, uh, most people end up coming back on power within two weeks. Even today, you have kind of rolling blackouts, even today. Yes, because the system's still very weak, and uh, we haven't been able to do the whole uh, repairs and, and reconstruction of the of the electrical system. So Right. So, but right now, as we continue to work with uh, the Core 3, uh, and in FEMA in Puerto Rico and the Caribbean uh, um, operator or responsible POC, <clears throat> we have about 90,000 facilities in, that were declared damaged. 150 of them were at least a uh, fixed cost estimate was established. We have over 89 plus thousand facilities. So if they couldn't do it in two years, what makes them think they can do it in one year? on that delay because the policies and, and the way you do things have to change. 
I mean, you only have one year to do the 89,600 and whatever facilities. Yes. To achieve this goal, FEMA must work with the recipient, Puerto Rico, Cortri, and the sub-recipient, and also uh, companies like us, uh, authorized representatives, to develop and reach uh, an agreed uh, fixed cost estimate. FEMA and Cortri must agree in doing new procedures to uh, reach uh, this uh, fixed cost estimate. For example, they could uh, uh, hire licensed uh, engineers uh, which could do the the damage description dimension report, the, the scope of work, uh, and the uh, fixed cost estimate. So the, then uh, FEMA... Uh, could uh, have a, a desk review, uh, uh, revision, or evaluation of this report, which will be uh, less cost, and, and it will uh, speed the process. And uh, those type of, of new uh, uh, alternative must be considered in order to, to reach the goal of having uh, this uh, 80s, 89,000 yeah. facilities. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the critical thing is, uh, like I said, I mean, <laughs> if you have 90,000 facilities that need some type of fixed cost estimate, you've only done 150, there's quite a few to do. But the critical thing, I think, what speeds up the process is the technology. Uh, I know that you have been using RS means to give uh, accurate uh, architectural cost estimate of what the damage is either to a repair or reconstruct so that's one uh, from a technology perspective that little, that tool has worked very well from a software um, impact the other thing is timekeeping uh, as far as what engineers you sent out there because you've had all sorts of engineers you know yes. uh, what what are some of the types of engineers you've hired to help through that construction or repair stuff yes we we use uh, junior engineers for to do the inspection and 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 the supervision uh, is is done by a licensed engineer. So uh, they have been using uh, 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 photos, uh, drums. Uh, they are 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 been using uh, uh, RSMIN as you mentioned. Uh, uh, we we use the word processor for for doing all of these reports. Uh, we uh, also store all the information in a, in the Google Drive, uh, so uh, we have copies, uh, hard copies, and also uh, electronic copies of all the work that we have been doing. And um, it has been uh, 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 an amount of of work. Uh, 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 big, uh, so so uh, we we need to keep uh, uh, in track with all the requirements and, and and comply with all the requirements that FEMA has established. So, for example, my understanding last time I looked at it, you either had to co compile about thirteen to fifteen critical documents from the of the facility that 
uh, said it had damage through Maria. So from that, uh, it is uh, copies of uh, the ownership of the and clear title of the uh, of the property, uh, the ability that the property did pay bills. It wasn't just a so there was a lot of fact finding verification of the damaged facility. I know some of the facilities that you're working, but tell the audience some of the critical facilities you're working on right now and the scope uh, and the vastness of the type of work you're doing with your folks in Puerto Rico. Yes, we have been working very hard with uh, critical facilities as uh, as schools and and hospital. And uh, our our main client in Puerto Rico is the municipality of Vieques, which uh, has uh, his uh, hospital uh, uh, totally damaged, uh, so has to um, reconstruct the 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 hospital, Susana Centeno. And we have been doing this for, for two years, and we're still uh, not having reached the the fixed cost estimate. We, we're still in that uh, last stage of, of getting that agreement done, but we still, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the people of Vieca is still without a, a permanent hospital. Yeah, they're out with a major hospital. Uh, I, let's just talk about the hospital in general and then also just Vieques. Uh, my understanding is the, the hospital has been approved for uh, re- a reconstruction, basically. Uh, money has been agreed to as far as the amount. The discussion now, now is the approval. The mayor has signed uh, uh, the, uh, the, the or validated the cost for or the repair of the ho- reconstruction of the hospital. And now it's up to court through and FEMA to really come up with the approval process so all three folks can agree to a fixed cost estimate. That's the mayor from Vieques, the court three rep, and the FEMA rep. That's, That's right. That's one of the elements that we, I mean, FEMA need to review because uh, there are three participants that need to be in agreement in all of these uh, documents and reports, and uh, that's uh, require a lot of time and a lot of efforts. And most, much, much of the time, uh, you got into double effort, double cost, which right. is not allowable by, by FEMA. Okay, so we've got about a minute left. Let me just do a quick summary, folks. While I'm sitting here with my guest, uh, Dr. Edgar Jerry Rentis. Uh, Jerry's the vice president of Vunti Technologies in Puerto Rico. He's been at the forefront dealing with Puerto Rican hurricanes assessment and technology uses. Uh, really, we're talking two years later after Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico in 2017. His customer base is uh, from um, hospital schools, uh, churches, uh, other uh, critical facilities. We talked about the enormity of, of the hurricane damage, usually, and I mentioned a couple Katrina, Sandy, uh, Irma and Maria, um, those hurricanes assessment, at least in the U- East Coast, where it swiped the East Coast, had electricity within two weeks. Uh, Irma came by and really started to damage the Puerto Rican infrastructure.
structure, and that was a, a one-two punch because Maria followed that within two to three weeks, and uh, it was uh, not just a substation, but it was a complete infrastructure uh, damage. That's what we're dealing with today, two week, two uh, years plus later. There's 80,000 facilities, or excuse me, uh, correction, 90,000 facilities that need to be uh, or need to have the co uh, fixed cost estimate so they can move forward, but there's a lengthy, lengthy process. So let's uh, take a break now. We'll continue this discussion on the other side, and then let's talk about how do we get ready for the next hurricane. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to today tomorrow's technologies to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com now back to our show Welcome back, folks. Uh, this is your host, Jose Negron. We're talking about technology needed now and after hurricane activities. I'm here with uh, our guest, Dr. Edgar Jerry Rentis. Jerry is uh, a resident of Puerto Rico, vice president of Avanti Technologies. He's been dealing with the after effects of Hurricane Irma Maria after two years. We talked about hurricanes uh, and what the impact of that and the reconstruction and repairing of some of the damaged facilities. But let me just quickly, before I uh, ask Jerry a couple other questions, is just for uh, um, understanding, you know, we have the Category 1 through 5 system. Uh, category 1, of course, you have the wind speed about 74 to 95 miles. Category 2, 96 to 110. Category 3, about 111 miles an hour to 100 
130. Category 4 is 131 to 155. And Category 5 is 155 plus. If we recall our hurricane that have hit uh, the U.S., Katrina was a Category 5. Um, uh, Hurricane Maria was uh, classified as a uh, Category 5 also with about 155 miles an hour wind. It was dropped uh, a little bit later as it began to approach the east side of Puerto Rico. Uh, What made uh, Maria so deadly or critical for the infrastructure is that it went through the middle of the island all the way out to the west. So it covered the entire island. And not only did it cover the entire island, but it destroyed and damaged most of the infrastructure facilities. So it, it is known as the worst grid disaster in American history. If I go back to just the American hurricanes, uh, the five deadliest, uh, we have a Great Galveston Storm in 1900, somewhere between 8 to 12 thousand folks you got hurricane maria as number two i just want to place that then we've got hurricane oki uh, Chobe hurricane in 1928 and hurricane katrina so i'm just trying to line this up the the immensity and the damage that was sustained by the folks of uh, of the caribbean islands but specifically puerto rico where the hurricane maria went through so as we continue on, we talked a little bit about the 90,000 facilities that still need to be repaired. About 130, 150 have been uh, uh, have had the cost estimate, but there's a lot of work to be done. Some of the policies are intruding or or slowing down the process. Um, you know, Puerto Rican government through Core Three have have extended the deadline to to arrive at the fixed cost estimate. Mm-hmm. But Jerry, as I turn to that, and that's a lot of facilities. You haven't done 90,000 facilities in two years what makes you think you're going to do you know 85 89.7 uh within uh, one year so the the policies must change what do you what do you think yes it must change uh if we want to accomplish this goal uh you know to be a participant of a fema uh, public assistance program you need to submit all a uh, huge amount of documentation in order for them to uh, certify eligibility. And after that, you need to uh, work on a damage description dimension report for each uh, facility. Uh, We need to uh, agree on the scope of work that uh, has to be done for repairing or uh, reconstruct the the facility, and also we need to agree on the fixed cost estimate for them to uh, uh, look for a contractor who will uh, repair or reconstruct uh, the the facility, uh, uh, complying with all the requests for proposal uh, and contract requirements that uh, FEMA uh, has established. Uh, once uh, we uh, agree on a fixed cost estimate, we go and, and look for that contractor. And after that, we need to supervise the construction in three areas, the budget, the uh, due date, and the quality of the work that the contractor will do. For at the end, uh, work on a closeout of the of the project. So the... Uh, that uh, really, Jose, will take uh, a long time uh, to see all the 
uh, processes uh, uh, finish and have the uh, uh, reconstruction or uh, recuperation of, of Puerto Rico uh, facilities. So the policy has a lengthy delay, and uh, it's something that needs to be addressed very quickly. I, I know that you and I uh, have worked uh, from a congressional staff, Senate staff, our partners out, out there as far as uh, big business, small business, working together to see if we can expedite the process. Uh, yet, we have discovered a little change in that process, and, and uh, now that we're looking at almost two years later, I mean, uh, you have to get the quality engineers to uh, do the survey. You've got to get the uh, estimators in there, and uh, and you have to certify that the properties are are within a reasonable fixed cost estimate so that you can get the statement of work, so that you can finally get the final cost estimate so that you can agree. Even as an example, the hospital itself, which has gone through that process, you're still waiting on that. Can you discuss that a little bit? That's right. Uh, I mean, for my my personal opinion is that the bureaucracy has gone over the people needs, the people that were impacted by the hurricane, by the hurricane. Uh, we're still having uh, schools that are not repaired, hospitals that are not repaired, uh, uh, baseball park that are not repaired, uh, the recre- recreational areas that are not repaired, uh, bridges, uh, roads are, are damaged. Uh, so, uh, for me, the 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 funds, uh, the assistance, is haven't reached the people that are uh, that were really impacted by the hurricane so far. So the greatest need is uh, taking care of uh, those facilities, the hospital, schools, and of course the other uh, public assistance. And there, there's many programs happening, but the funds have been, uh, I guess. Um, Authorized, but have not been dispersed to the right appropriate agency. Therefore, our, your contract, Avanti's contract, uh, my contract uh, for non-disclosure. Uh, uh, Jerry's the vice president of Puerto Rico. I'm the president of uh, Avanti Technologies, and we're fighting the, the establishment right now to, so that we can get the funds dispersed here after two years. So we need to keep working that. That's right. Uh, the sub-grantees hasn't... Uh Receive the the funds for for making the repairs, and neither ha- they have received uh, funds for the administration of the program, which uh, provide around five percent of those uh, uh, funds for for the uh, administrative uh, costs of management costs of of uh, uh, complying with all the uh, program requirements. So as we sit here and I'm looking at, uh, I, I don't think people understand the magnitude of the hurricane that hit uh, Maria. So let me just read off a couple of uh, uh, factoids here uh, because it was an entire grid that was destroyed. And uh, first Irma swiped through the island September 6th, knocking out the power and almost a million customers were left without power. And, uh, and that was the most outages uh, that hit Puerto Rico in two decades. That's 20 years. Two weeks later, Maria hits and housed through it, uh, approximately a little less than 155 miles because they downgraded from Category 5 to a 4, but it was still pretty rough. And it went through the entire island and uh, from southeast to northwest and was the strongest uh, storm to rake through the island in almost a century. 
That's 100 years, okay? Mm-hmm. Then PREPA was still restoring power and other utility aspects of uh, uh, because of Hurricane Irma when Maria did it. So there was a one-two punch there. Uh, the catastrophic damages of the infrastructure as far as the whole infrastructure, as uh, was uh, stated earlier, uh, not only the um, electrical, the uh, road network, transportation, food delivery had to be, uh, the bridges, the interior of the island suffered quite a bit, uh, the, just the communication aspect. Then, of course, Prepper was behind on its customers. Uh, there's a lot of uh, other uh, financial documentation and business dealings that they were dealing with. But another critical aspect is not having an emergency plan. One of the critical aspects of Katrina is not having an emergency plan when uh, when they had to close the, some of the um, the channels and some of the floodgates. They didn't know what to do. or how, And some of the floodgate facilities, electrical facilities, uh, flooded. So there was uh, no emergency plan, how to deal with it, uh, a lot of miscommunication. Uh, to me, you ha- have to have a an emergency uh, um, command and control center. There was a di- there's a disconnect between the uh, governor, uh, the local authorities, and at that time, uh, Corps of Engineers, as they were trying to repair facilities and act. So all these things were happening that created a monumental movement in a negative way. And that's one of the reasons it's taking so long. And then, of course, just plain advice. So what do you think about those things? Happening? Yes. Also, uh, I, I, my opinion is that the distribution of the funds, the assistance was not that good at the beginning because they place all the efforts and cause and the funds in in uh, bringing the, the the electricity to all the Puerto Ricans and also the communication, all the efforts were in that areas, and they forgot about uh, hospitals, schools, uh, roads, uh, bridges. Uh, um, so. Uh, I, I I think that we we have uh, learned our lesson in, in in that in that sense uh, uh, has to be a, a better uh, distribution of, of the system uh, in in other areas other than the than electricity and and communication. Right, and one of the things that I'm learning more than anything else because of the damage of the infrastructure, uh, you know, from uh, Electricity, transportation for fuel, uh, communication was out, and it's still uh, out uh, sporadically. Really, how do how, let's switch topics? Uh, it's hit. You're working on it. You still got a long ways to go. But how do we help the people when they're facing not just a hurricane but a national disaster? What are some of the steps they should take in order to prepare? For the national disaster, because I'll tell you, from my perspective, uh, you really need a, a, a checklist. I don't think we take it for granted that someone's going to be there to help. But and we have been within two weeks we've, in the U.S. We've gotten electricity. But what happens if it goes beyond two? So, yes, my, my personal experience uh, take me to do a better job in in the uh, preparation. Uh, uh, pre-disaster, I, I, I have to look into the small letter of the insurance insurance contract with my broker. I think that I need to check on uh, how strong the financially uh, 
these uh, insurance companies are because most of, of them are very weak and those that are weak will disappear. Uh, they will go brand- bankruptcy. Before paying you. Yes, they, before they paying you. Uh, you would have also to uh, take photos of the of your property before the disaster. Uh, <clears throat> review uh, your family emergency plan with the all family members. Uh, you have to... Uh, uh, look for the important documents and, and have uh, well safe and backup, uh, do a, an, an electronic backup uh, and also uh, paper and, and have a waterproof uh, briefcase uh, where you could carry them in case you must uh, abandon your house. Uh, uh, a small boat or, 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 or a canoe. <laughs> ready to in, in, in case you get in a, in a floating uh, situation also have a, a storage of food uh, for at least uh, three weeks uh, supply okay and family must uh, meet in, in in one house is possible uh, the better the better people that I mean the most people you have in your house the better uh, you must have access to a satellite fund uh, uh, in case of, of Puerto Rico, which is an island. Uh, we have a lot of relatives uh, uh, out of, of Puerto Rico, uh, the government. You need to communicate uh, among others, okay, with a satellite fund if you have, if you are capable to, to have it, okay. Also have cash on hands, uh, uh no, no, nobody will, will take credit card. No, nobody will take checks. So you should have cash on hands. And uh, also have uh, post-disaster property photos. So pretty much uh, ideas of areas that we, sh- we should be working on before the... The disaster. critical factor is, uh, and I'm going to break it down to uh, uh, several factors. One, there's an individual activities that you must prepare for uh, and prepare your families for. That's uh, the water, food, and, and so forth as far as taking care of your day-to-day life in case it goes back past two weeks. The second is the personal documentation that you're going to need, either business or a person, because those uh, insurance policies, those uh, uh, photographs that you need to prove that you your property was fixed, uh, this is what your property looked before the uh, hurricane, what your property looked after the hurricane. King. All those are critical. So we've got about a minute left. Let me just do a quick wrap up. Um, uh, today, uh, our subject today is technology needed now and after hurricane activities. Uh, I'm, t- I'm speaking with my guest, Jerry Rentis. Uh, Jerry is the vice president of Bunting Technologies in Puerto Rico. We've been talking about uh, what is happening uh, in Puerto Rico right now after the Hurricane Maria's hit. It was a total grid failure, and we're trying to recover two years later. Uh, Jerry's Clients are, of course, uh, uh, the municipalities, the churches, the schools, the hospitals, uh, and some non uh, nonprofit organizations. So all these organizations, we have gone through some of the requirements and policies that FEMA has activated. Uh, some of those really need to be relooked in order to meet the next go line or deadline to have a fixed cost estimate. Uh, uh, over 89,000 facilities still left to be uh, completed. And then finally, of course, is we've been talking about just to pr- 
preparation. What happens if a hurricane needs? What do you need? So at this time, uh, let's take our uh, next commercial break. We'll be right back and we'll talk a little bit about what's expected in the future. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We all know that today our country is in many ways run by vested interests which have accumulated large amounts of power for themselves and at our expense. But this can be changed by recognizing the problems and then by adopting libertarian solutions to address them. Tune into All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray. Judge Gray and his guests will discuss the problem areas of today and then present solutions that result in a better world for ourselves and and our children. Tune in Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. listening to today tomorrow's technologies to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com now back to our show Welcome back, folks. Uh, this is your host, Jose Negron. I'm here with my guest, uh, Dr. Edgar Jerry Rentis. Uh, Jerry's uh, vice president of Vanti Technologies in Puerto Rico, and he's been uh, dealing with the forefront uh, of Puerto Rican uh, hurricane recovery. Uh, we're talking about uh, just uh, the damage of Hurricane Maria, but the topic today is technology needed now and after hurricane activities. Uh, first two segments, we talked a little bit about uh, the current uh, – hurricane status where is maria it's probably the largest um uh hurricane that's hit uh puerto rico in in a century so that's been established uh, the second part of that is that they're still trying to recover they've got over ninety thousand buildings uh that needed to be um, established as far as repair or reconstruction however they've only done about about 150 there's quite a few more they've uh uh, delayed the deadline for next year, October 11th, 2020. Uh, policies and procedures need to be altered in order to meet 
that deadline since they've had two years to uh, do the uh, uh, 90,000 facilities and they only completed 150. So now they have a year. And so what's going to change, the only way they can change is the policy itself. And finally, uh, we talked a little bit about the personal checklist items that you need. And I want to talk about the future of national catastrophes, uh, hurricanes. Right now, there's been a lot of discussion about adding another uh, category, category six, uh, to give everybody a, a quick description. But let's let's talk about, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, uh, Jerry and I have been talking about is how do you identify and understand the weather patterns that we have. And and certainly we have uh, various satellite systems that help us understand um, the uh, established hurricanes are coming, but we still don't have the exact location. It's still a science more than anything else. We, uh, you see on the weather report, they've got the European model, they've got the American models, they've got five or six different paths. So these uh, satellites uh, from uh, geostationary, the lower th- Low Earth orbit satellites, uh, uh, you know the sca- uh, satellite scatter meters and the uh, tropical uh, rain uh, rainfall satellites really need to help us understand the precise location of the hurricanes. We also have aircrafts out there, uh, hurricane hunters, uh, NOAA aircraft, NASA aircraft. All these are uh, 130s or WP-3 Orions, uh, crews of 5 or 10. They fly anywhere between uh, 10 to 18 hours. They're out there pinpointing the, uh, the velocity the, uh, from the hurricane, the direction, and so forth. But still... With all that, we're still not as accurately or as accurate as we need. Finally, we have uh, ships and buoys out there that help us. And, of course, um, I cannot forget about the land observation, which are the radars, upper air observation, and, of course, the uh, uh, automated surface observation. So these are technologies that are being used, integrated by the uh, uh, weather forecasting and prediction of where the hurricane comes. And yet still, or we, we have done a lot since uh, the Galveston hurricane, but there's still so much more we can do for precision. The nat- uh, I'm looking at the wildfires in California, the flooding in the Midwest, the just a, a tornado that we hit, uh, just the normal chemical uh, plant re, uh, explosions that we've had in the last uh, three months or so, and then, of course, the hurricane itself. We're five months out for the next hurricane season in Puerto Rico. We're two years into uh, establishing the damage and repair. So at this time, uh, Jerry's going to go over some of the business checklists, what you need to do to prepare for a hurricane. Please, one of the things that FEMA requires is documentation. It's hard to document. Document if all your papers have gone up with your home, okay? It's very difficult to uh, go to the courthouse and get the paperwork when their paperwork has gone. And that's one of the things they found out in Puerto Rico. FEMA was requiring uh, detail, accuracy, that you own the property, that the property was yours uh, full right from a title perspective, uh, and then all the bills uh, that uh, copies that you had to prove that you've been living in that uh, space. Yeah, and the 
records for that home and then pictures of what the home looked like before and then what's it going to look like after. So all these things, uh, we take it for granted until it happens, and then all of a sudden we go, oh, my God, where are people going to get these records? And then uh, you get into the testimonials by um, going at, at a friend who has to write a letter and then get it notarized, and sometimes they accept it and sometimes they don't. So, Jerry, let's go over the business checklist. What what do f- folks have to do? Yes, to help us in, in preparing us, uh, efforts, uh, the following checklist identify important and specific activities that businesses uh, can do now to prepare for an event. Uh, first of all, they need to planning for the impact of the an unexpected or catastrophic uh, event uh, of, of your businesses. You need to identify who will be the coordinator, what will be the team uh, who will uh, uh, be in charge of, of uh, manage, managing the, the situation. Uh, you need to conduct a, a business process and service inventory to understand uh, which processes are uh, mission critical to uh, sort of livability uh, of the businesses, okay? Uh, determine acceptable level of services during the recovery uh, period. Uh, identify essential employees and, and other critical input of the processes. Conduct a, a technology assessment assess, inventory uh, to determine and document the mission-critical technology components. Uh, when these key uh, components are identified, determine uh, what are the measures you should be uh, taken to protect and record them, okay? Understand the rules of regulation of govern, uh, governing your businesses and operation. Understand uh, customers uh, or businesses partner performance, metrics, services, and level of agreement to the, to, to assess, okay? Identify the, the budget for for working on, 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 on the disaster or, or event. Number two, you, you have to uh, assess in your data and technology needs in the event of, of failure in operation. <clears throat> and... Also, you need to communicate your plan to the employees and vendors. And number four, you need to communi- communicate your plan to employees and vendors. Folks, what we're trying to go over is, uh, as I listen to Jerry, this is not something that you prepare after the hurricane hits. This is something that you need to go over and over. And even the best of us can't deal with it. I mean, when you had FEMA, and I can talk about uh, the various emergency planning boards that the cities have, and yet they don't have a command center. I, I, you, uh, Katrina, same thing. They, how many times I've even participated in some of the hurricane recovery activities, and and you don't know what your next action. Uh, I understand sometimes it's boring, sometimes it's trivial, but when you need it, it's not not when the hurricane hits you. You need it after the hurricane where you have your files. A couple other points I would mention from a business perspective, and this is just strictly business, uh, you know, it is critical 
uh, to have the electronic backup. Not only have a paper copy, but electronic cop- uh, backup. You may have to have it in two locations. The issue with the hurricanes, it, it, you know, it could the wind damage, flood damage, and uh, not being there when you return to your business. So it's critical. Uh, as Jerry said, all uh, turn off all your computers, uh, servers at the close of the business on Friday. Uh, if you expect uh, flooding, then put them on the second floor or on top of the desk and hope for the best. That's that's from a business perspective. From a personnel perspective, look, uh, we always plan for two weeks. Uh, and nowadays, I would plan to, for three or four weeks. Uh, it is something that you have to get started with. Water is a critical thing. I can remember Jerry being here, and the first thing he thought about is losing electricity. I've got to get batteries. I've got to get solar energy uh, panels so I can recharge my batteries. I've got to have water purification tablets uh, so in case uh, the water gets contaminated. Uh, second, it's type of food, you know, uh, peanut butter, jelly sandwich. Sandwiches, breakfast, uh, the uh, breakfast bars, chips—you uh, know, something easy to to maintain and take care of. But you really need to have those supplies. Most people say three to four days. I say you got minimum two weeks. Uh, you know, and there's all kinds of stuff. If you have a baby, or as what happened in Puerto Rico with the elderly, you've got uh, medicine that need to be refrigerated, and all of a sudden, uh, what are you going to do with those? Uh, so that's it. Flashlights, gasoline, and propane. You're always going to have uh, a problem with gasoline and propane. If something goes out, you're going to be in the line for a long time. But the best thing to do, and this is what I do every time I expect a storm, as is go fill up all the tanks. Okay, you just don't know when you need that gasoline. Uh, battery power. Uh, uh, one uh, other thing I would talk about is uh, a radio, a crackable weather radio. Uh, there's, they're out there. I have a weather radio that I look at and, and listen to when I have, uh, you know, just uh, thunderstorms coming through here. All your cell phones need to be charged. You got extra batteries. You got first aid. These are personal assessments that you need to have. And then, of course. Uh, you, you you know tools and supplies uh, that you may need uh, your sanitary and hygiene items that you n- must have clothes uh, emergency blankets and pillows and and of course copies of all your personal just like the business the personal documents have to, uh, in my, uh, and a family emergency plan one of the things that was uh, countered in Puerto Rico was extra cash. All of a sudden, you lost electricity. You couldn't convert a, a, a debit card or a credit card. Everybody wanted cash. So cash is, and someone said the other day, you ought to at least have a, a month's salary. I don't know if most people can even have a month's salary. Uh, just report the other day, uh, a four to $500 health bill uh, 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 really impinges uh, uh, folks already. So, But uh, cash was needed. Uh, maps of the area, and of course, if you have a pet, even you you need all those pet supplies. So these are just things that you need to look at. I, I suggest everybody go to uh, uh, look up uh, uh, being prepared for hurricanes and uh, and take a look at this checklist and be prepared for all catastrophes. This is not just for hurricanes, but all catastrophes. And it's tough. Let me tell you, I have procrastinated and procrastinated myself. So I understand some of these things. And in fact, as I read this list, uh, I told myself, well, I've got at least 85% of this list. 
list completed, but I got to go back and get the other 1%. Anyway, folks, uh, uh, we've got about a minute left. Let me just wrap up. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk about, uh, you know, the topic today was technology needed and now and after hurricanes activities. We're talking about preparation. We're talking about keeping, you know, electronic copies. We're talking about having your cell phone. We're talking about uh, taking care of your server if you're in a business and having those documentations. Anyway, my guest today was Dr. Edgar Jerry Rentas. Uh, Jerry's a resident of Puerto Rico, vice president of Vanti Technologies. Jerry, thank you for the program and highlighting some of the items that we need to be prepared for uh, as far as emergency uh, catastrophe. Also, a quick uh, recap of what the conditions are in Puerto Rico and what you're doing to try to help the schools, the hospitals, the municipalities, and the other uh, customers that you may have. We've got a long ways to go. We definitely have to change the policies, but we're moving in the right direction. So until the next time, I'd really like to thank my uh, executive producer, uh, D. Daniels, and of course, my executive assistant, uh, of course, Alexander Loreno Monk. Uh, uh, without both of them, I couldn't do the show. And I'd like to thank all my guests and my audience specifically, because your your interest in listening to the show and or downloading it on the podcast is critical. You've been listening to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technology. This is your host, Jose Negron, and I bid you uh, a great weekend, and Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.